Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. This is Below Deck's Captain Lee. Listen to my new podcast, Salty, with Captain Lee. Um, don't you mean our podcast? Uh, yeah, I guess I do. Anyhow, listen to Salty with Captain Lee, co-hosted by my assistant, Sam. And we will be talking about the latest pop culture news and all the gossip every week. So does this mean we have to talk by ourselves, about ourselves, or can we at least have some guests on? I don't know, I find myself pretty interesting, but yeah, we can have some guests on, some of our reality TV friends, and some stars. Works for me. Listen to Salty now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded live at Corolla One Studios with Adam Corolla and board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist, Dr. Drew Pinsky. You're listening to The Adam and Dr. Drew Show. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on. Dr. Drew's board for a side session. It's Dick Schmection. He's in Vegas. Yeah, babe, <clears throat> Vegas, baby. Um, yeah. How's it going over there, Drew? It's good. I'm here with the V-Shred guys. It's been fun. And uh, Vegas, you know, it's so funny to me. I, I have these weird sort of reflections on COVID, and it's not about Vegas; it's about COVID, where I, where I just see people out and having fun and doing things, and I think, oh my god, that makes me feel so much better. I want people to live their lives, and it just immediately throws me back into the lockdown and the uh, shelter-in-place days. Where I'm, I, I wonder why I was depressed during all of that. For God's sakes, and and what's weird to me is I think we live in a time when. People going out and doing shit and building shit and enjoying shit is sort of disdained in some weird way. Even though people are going ahead anyway, it's sort of not cool or something. Am I feeling that right? Well, I think what you're responding to is when you are – I mean, I, I remember it well. I you know, When you are in an environment, when one is in an environment where one is not thriving – Hmm. Um, and then in that environment, there are a group of people that seem to be thriving amongst you and around you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult, like emotionally. And, you know, I, I, I can sort of, um, <clears throat> I mean, for me, I remember that's my entire academic life was that <laughs> I, I would go to this place where I wasn't thriving. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't even sort of above water. You know, I wasn't really treading water. I was not thriving. And I was in the, you know, what would be the lower, you know, my, you know, graduating class was 570 and I was 500, you know, so whatever, whatever that math is, how you get to, five hundredths, uh, you know, 570 would be the, the lowest. And I was at 500. <laughs> oh, 
you, you know, I mean, to be technical, uh, I think I was like 497 or something out of uh, 570. But out of the 570, 30 of those kids just dropped out or, yeah. or never showed up. You know, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I imagine, you know, two of them died and 40 moved. You yeah. know, I yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there were se- there I, I, there weren't 70 kids below me who showed up every day yeah. and tried, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I didn't like that environment. Like I, I was uncomfortable not thriving and, and, and being surrounded by people who were, you know, and I, I, I always, you know, had that I, I could remember these like distinct moments where like I was signed up for something called high school math, you know, as yeah. you know, and it, I, it wasn't algebra, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's arithmetic. I, yeah. And, yeah. And I'd be talking to uh, a friend, you know, on the football team or something. And he'd say, well, I took a, I signed up for AP calculus, you know, yeah, and yeah. I, I remember just feeling kind of shamed, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And so I had my fantasies weren't around me thriving. They were about the hall of records burning down. <laughs> like that's that's where my fantasies lie. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. sit around and think about being a better student or right. what I could do to achieve. You, but but that's the thing that kills me is that you weren't even offered that. I mean, if I were a part of the LA Unified District in any fashion, I would call you in and go, "What? How did we f this up so bad? What's your insight as somebody who is the subject of this abuse? You know what I mean? They could learn something from you. Well. But they had apathy and yeah. um, not empathy. Yeah. You know, apathy. They yeah. they wanted to get paid, to go home, to get along and not to stir up anything or or point out any of their shortcomings, which which maybe I would have done. Not not mm-hmm. me personally, but I, I was an example of a yeah. system that wasn't really working. Right. You know, so right. I don't think they were interested in, you know, it's a fat guy's not interested in stepping onto a scale. I, right. I imagine. Right. Right. I so imagine. there there was that element, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't I didn't like it. You know, I was like, you know, am I and, and it, it, during COVID or during whatever, you know, you sitting at home in your bathrobe day drinking and, and looking out the window, seeing the neighbor building a treehouse with his kid mm. doesn't feel good. Mm. Uh, looking out the window and seeing your neighbor in his bathrobe with a bottle of scotch, that somehow feels better. You know, oh, no, see, I have the I have funny. I have the opposite. Well, that, no, not to you, not. Yeah, uh, not to healthy people. OK, OK, but that's it. not most people. Okay, got it. Most I, people I, when want people that. aren't thriving, when other people aren't thriving. I get depressed. I, I want to see people. Do, I, I'm I'm worried about young, you know people in their 20s and 30s now because they they are under the thumb of a horrible economy and inflation, and it bothers me. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it does. Yes. Well, you have the empathy that um, North Hollywood High was lacking back, <laughs> back in the back in the day, but uh. you know, and then. Um, I went from there to a construction site where I, I dug ditches, 
But I, I did well, see. Well, Mike, Str- Mike Stramat had empathy, right? My foreman. God. He was so <laughs> brutal. I mean, he was he was off the charts mean. Um, but, I mean, he had some, you know, just over-the-top policies about. He's your foreman, your construction foreman. Yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, he had a few moments. Like, I he. He lined everybody up on a Monday morning, all the all the grunts, you know, all the labors. He lined us all up and he just went, when are you going to quit this week? Because I'm going to ride you so hard. I'm going to ride you so hard this week that one of you is going to quit. And that's how it's going to work. And it's like, meanwhile... All Did we, anybody drop out right then? Did anybody <clears throat> go, okay, I'm out. <laughs> no, there was nowhere to go. But yeah, yeah. All these guys did was just work all day. Yeah. You know, yeah. I myself included. There was no clowning about or grab ass. There was no sitting around looking at their phone. There was no uh. phone. There was no anything. I mean, they literally they just worked all day. I yeah. there was no. I have no. There, there was no motivation for him to say to this group of, you know, two or three white guys and two or three Latin guys who just showed up and just worked all day yeah. Uh, yeah. that he was going to get one of us to quit because he was going to be so brutal, you know, riding us. But there was we just didn't do anything. I, I mean, <laughs> I remember it was all you were already the most abused people on the on the site, right? You were already the the ones that were being abused most completely, and he had to he had to jump onto that, which is a weird instinct. Yeah, the the site would have subcontractors, plumbers, HVAC guys who'd sort of show up and do their own thing, but they weren't you know really they were subs, you know they weren't really under his jurisdiction per mm-hmm. se. Uh, then there'd be carpenters, you know, in the house building, you know, doing carpentry work. And then there was us who were outside digging and and also inside digging uh, pilasters or uh, digging uh, caisson holes and by hand and it was it was really brutal, dirty, dangerous sort of shitty stuff. But no, there was no reason <laughs> to say that to any of us. We were just grunts making yeah. the least amount of money on that job, you know, making eight bucks an hour. Taxes being taken out, just digging ditches and moving trash, you know, just all day. I, I There was no, you know, it's not like there was a telephone or a folding chair or anything. Uh, people just on their feet, just working the entire time. How long, how long did you actually do that before you were able to go on to something a little, up the food chain a little bit? Um, I, I, I dug for probably... It would have been about three weeks, let's say, straight. And we were doing these long days. We're kind of behind. And so we're doing 10-hour days. And sometimes we do a lot of six-day-a-week, a lot of Saturdays. And uh, I was just just digging the whole time. And at a certain point, I took one of my checks and I went down to the equivalent to the Home Depot, but it wasn't a Home Depot. It was like contractor supply or something. And, you know, I had my measly check. I was making 
because taxes were being taken out. I was making like 238 bucks a week, like, you know, after taxes or something. Um, and I, I went in, I bought uh, bags, you know, tool bags and a, and a high point saw, like a skill saw and, you know, tape measure and a square, you know, the, the stuff you needed to be a carpenter. And I remember very gingerly and tentatively sort of showing up on Monday with my bags, you know, my shiny tool bags, which, by the way, the brand new shiny tool, tool bags are, you know, mark of a, a green greenhorn. You know what I mean? Sure, That's the mark sure. of a guy with no experience. But I I sort of put them on, and I think Stramat just sort of saw me wearing the bags and sort of said, what do you need to ba- drop the bags and get in the hole and handed me a <laughs> shovel, you know? <laughs> So I I work long enough digging and doing all the excavation in this very unique job that just involved tons of hand digging. I don't know. Um, long enough to finish all the digging. And then once we finished all the, the digging, it was kind of time to move into the house and sort of help out with the stuff that was in the house. So then you, you sort of move towards some carpentry, even though it ended up being a lot of demo and trash and, you know, stuff, horrible stuff like that. But eventually once I got in the house, I got under the wing of a couple of carpenters, one of them named Rick, who was kind of doing the finish thing. And Rick had a little bit of a personality and kind of liked me, you know, I was likable. I was kind of funny. You know, I worked Mm -hmm. real hard and I was, you know, Johnny on the spot. I didn't miss a day. I was always willing to do whatever he asked me to do, whatever. And then I was sort of, you know, joke around a little bit. And, you know, Rick, Rick had a little sense of humor and was a little smarter than the average, you know, sort of meathead on the site. And he sort of said, well, why don't you be my apprentice help me out? And, and, and then sort of one about showing me, you know, the techniques of how to you know, rip I'm, stuff I want to and do stop stuff. Right there. Th- that is an interesting story that I don't think is told sufficiently to young people, which is this idea of I, I don't want to put it under the, the rubric of apprenticeship per se, even though that's what this was, but it reminds me exactly of what Jimmy did with you as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it, it is these stories are really great lessons for how people move along in the world, particularly if they don't have the training. There's a lot of stuff these days where kids are going, I, I, they require two years of experience. I'm like, I can't even apply. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you can get in there and start to do stuff and, and move along uh, if you impress and if you develop relationships. And they don't know that, or maybe it's different now, you know what I mean? Maybe the way the law's legal system is or the way people are hired and fired has really changed. But I don't know. I think there's something to that. Don't you? Yeah. I don't think things have changed demonstrably and, and that it all still applies and it, you know, probably goes back to biblical times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, there's not much smoke or hokum involved with it. It's just kind of show up early, stay late, have a good attitude. Um, be of service, you know, have, have the people go, I like that guy or, yeah. you know, I want him, I want him around or like, he uh, seems capable, just, he seems capable. Let's, let's see if we can get more out of him. 
Yeah, right? yeah, and I, I mean, don't. Organizations <clears throat> want to optimize what they get from employees, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know at the beginning. I don't know if he if I seemed capable because I was devoid of any skill, but I seemed prompt, eager, sort of eager and and ready to go. You know, well, and, and and number three, this is something I've heard over and over again across the years. It's uh, when they when people like in even in Broadway productions and film sets and things like that, the directors, the people who are doing the casting, ultimately will say something on the order of. Is that the guy I want to spend four months with? Uh, do I really want to be around that guy for six months or maybe a year? I, I got to think about that. And the, if the answer is yes or an enthusiastic yes, that really increases the probability of a hire. Yes. Yes. Do you want to be around that person? Because yeah. ultimately, that's what a job is. And, you know, you don't think rebuilding Dr. Fagenbaum's house in Silver Lake could be further away from Broadway, but it's the yeah. same. It's the same thing. You got to hang it's, around it's for, team. for four yeah. months and yeah. deal with this person every single day. You know, yeah. you, you walk onto that job site at 7 a.m. every day and it's you and Rick and whoever else until four or five in the afternoon every day. And then we'll do it again the next day, you know? So yeah, it was really about, yeah, having a, a decent attitude and 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 there's a social side of it. Like, you know, at some point we'd find ourselves going out to the desert and riding motorcycles, you know, for the, oh, yeah. uh, over the weekend and camping yeah, yeah. and having beers and smoking cigars and stuff. You know, it just yeah, yeah. became a there was a social side of it side of it too. Mm. And um yeah, learn something, possess a skill and then once once you possess that skill, which carpentry is sort of the most basic skill in terms of your worth to society. You know, it's just a bottom line kind of everyone needs a, a decent carpenter. Yeah. And, and you'll always be, if not in demand, you'll always be employed, you yeah. know. And, um, and I sort of caught on to that er, early on. And figured, well, this will be, you may not thrive in this environment, but it'll, it'll keep you from having to sleep on the streets, you know, a, a possessing a, a basic skill that everyone seems to need. Were you thinking at the time about climbing out of the garage, too? I mean, it's not just sleeping on the street at that point. It's getting the, get the hell out of the out of Dodge, right? Well, for the Are we already out by then. The first thing I did after cobbling together, you know, two months of paychecks was to get out of the, yeah, get out of the garage with find, three roommates, get some roommates, <laughs> find a one bedroom apartment, and uh, you know, strike out, strike out on my own. All nice. right, let me tell you about our friend Jordan Harbinger. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with a black man that befriends members of the Ku Klux Klan. I don't support the KKK at all. I don't support that ideology. But I support people having the right to believe as they want to believe, as long as they don't cross the line and hurt people. I didn't convert anybody. I am the impetus for over 200 to make up their own minds to convert themselves. It bothers me a great deal 
that we call ourselves the greatest nation on the face of this earth. How is it that we as Americans can talk to people as far away as the moon, but yet there's so many of us who have difficulty talking to the person who lives right next door. We are living in space age times, but there's still too many of us thinking with stone age minds. For more on how Daryl Davis convinced 200 KKK members to give up their robes, check out episode 540 on The Jordan Harbinger Show. All right. Yeah. I mean, it all seems pretty linear when you look back at it. It all kind of makes sense. Well, I just think that it, it remember, we started this conversation talking about how I, I get upset when I don't see people thriving and how COVID was the, was the most extreme example of that for me, but that I, I see it persisting in young adults where they're, you know, they're just underwater with inflation and they don't see opportunity. They don't believe that they can do stuff and build stuff and advance in, in businesses or in, in jobs. And I, I'm just deeply troubled by that. I, I feel like the economy will not have come out of its, frankly, COVID shock until they are back in the system and thriving and feeling good and excited about their lives, which they should. I mean, it's not like we're in the middle of Gaza or something here. You know, there's, there's a lot going on they should be part of. Yeah, I I agree. You know, I, I think there's a, an, a certain advantage to where I was at in that I didn't have a lot of choices. I had a job that I had to do the job. There was no potential for any other job. Um, you know, well, I, I, I agree. And, and I would argue today, not so because people always contemplate living with their family of origin, which we yes. didn't even like, we could not even like, ugh, not even a possibility, but that's now an option. And you've always got your phone in your hand. So you're always kind of entertained and sort of okay. You know, even though it's false, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh I don't know where you're at with this speaking of phone, but I was on a first class flight the other day. Yeah. And um I was sitting up in first class and you know, the service wasn't really happening, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, can I yeah. refill your drink or would you like something else or you need a water? Like I wanted a water at some point. And I was just sort of sitting there and I I just got up and found the stewardess who was just sitting there in her jump seat look, looking uh. at games on her phone. Uh. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, people probably go ape shit, but I would kind of say if I ran an airline, I don't want the people who are essentially here to service this first class cabin sitting and looking at their phone in the middle of the flight. I want you on your feet, refilling shit, handing out stuff, asking people if they need a water or whatever, whatever, or or another cocktail or whatever that thing is. And I thought this phone has kind of turned work. It's kind of turned every workplace into a semi workplace, yeah, not a full (laughs) Uh, workplace, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is that thing I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I also turned unemployment into sort of not really unemployment you're sort of okay when i worked obviously there was no phones but there were no chairs there was no right Right. air conditioning there was barely an indoors there there if you wanted to sit you sat on a pile of drywall 
that yeah. so there was nothing to do but work yeah. and there wasn't even the remote possibility of you sitting down or or taking a break it it but, didn't exist there was yeah. lunch lunch was a half hour and that was at noon yeah. but there was no such thing as you just you know, hanging sheetrock for three hours and then just sitting down for five minutes or something. If 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 the foreman walked by and you were just sitting there, yeah, they they'd either fire you or start yelling at you or ask what the fuck you were doing. Like if you're just sitting there, you'd have to have like rolled an ankle or something like stepping off a ladder. You there was yeah. no, it physically didn't exist where you just stopped. And, and again, not to sound redundant and like a broken record here, but on the unemployment side, again, you're kind of, you're entertained all day with your phone. You're kind of in this suspended animation. You're living at home, looking at your phone. You know, you're just sort of in this weird. Well, I'll tell you what I think. What? The, the chasm between rich and poor now there's always a chasm and you're never going to live with Jay-Z and Beyonce and Malibu and you're not going out to fancy expensive restaurants per se very often. But the chasm was greater back then in that oh, yeah. your your life was impacted oh, severely. Yeah. And yeah. so you take just a simple subject, like take two subjects, sort of rich and poor, um, transportation, automobile, and uh, entertainment. Yeah. Um, people, rich and poor, just drive a car now, yeah. and and yeah. and they all have air conditioning, yeah. and they it all work, and, and everything steers and hang, hangs onto the road, and it's and, got a climate control and. Every stereo, the stereo's yeah. good on stereo's it. And good. You got yeah. your phone, Amazing. and you can get all the entertainment you want from your phone or or, or wherever. Um, when I was poor, you drove a beater pickup truck, and that truck did not have air conditioning and did didn't not have, have sound. A, didn't have a good stereo. Didn't have anything, and may not have a seat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it probably had a bench seat with no headrest. Right. But the the point right. is, is you are not driving that thing to Las Vegas. Right. It wouldn't make it. Not no, during yeah. the summer. It would no. overheat. Yeah. So, I mean, things were impacted. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you wanted stuff. You didn't get that. You didn't have that stuff, you know? And I, yet, and yet, there was, there. you know, those were the days of lifestyle and the rich and famous when people would go, oh, my God, that'd be awesome. And they strive for it rather than get angry about it and want to destroy the people they're watching on TV. It was, it was the opposite of today's emotions. Yeah, but I wanted air conditioning. I wanted a car that had air yeah. conditioning. I wanted air conditioning in my house or condo yeah. or something. like. I wanted all these things, and I was motivated. If I had a phone and I was just playing video games and looking at pornography on it and then you mix in the ubiquity of like edibles and mm. things like that i just you know chewed on an edible went down to chick-fil-a played some video games on my phone sat in my 
you know, drove my Mini Cooper that had air and stereos and everything. I don't, I don't know where the fire in the belly would be. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, let's not, let's not leave out what porn might have done to you. Oh man, <laughs> would have been <laughs> ravaged by porn. <laughs> you were bad enough already. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, I, I think, I think all of this is kind of conspiring to take the fire out of the belly and also a societal thing too, which is sort of telling men and women they're kind of the same and to sort of remove some of that onus of the matriarchy or I should say uh, patriarchy, you know, the sort of like, you're the man, you got to provide, you know, you got to get out there and hustle and make a living, you know, to take care of these kids. Oh, yeah, and, that, well, that's gone. That's right. Well, that's gone. Yeah. Right. But I had that. I had yeah. that thought, like who's yeah. going to provide. That's, you, that's you know true. What I mean? yeah. So yeah. you better, you better get out there and get your, get your hustle on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't think it's all one thing. I think it's a, it, I think it's a, a, a group of things that are kind of conspiring. Right. And so Mike, I agree. I totally agree. And, but my question in the, the thought bubble over my head constantly is how do they, how do we help them out of this? How do they get out of this? What, what, what's going, what is going to get them out of this is sort of the question I have. Is, is it either going to be some catastrophe that refocuses everybody and they gets their priorities lined up again? Or is it going to be a thriving economy again that they just jump into or both? I don't know. I I think it's just going to be safe spaces and octagons. I just think uh, people are yeah. gonna. They can't be forever. They can't be forever. I mean, I I, I don't look like that. <laughs> You're like well, it could be. Well, I think I think people who think alike and who have the same sort of work ethic and things like that are going to end up congregating, yeah, and and coming together yeah. and living in a society that has like sort of shared values you know they're and, gonna have to pay their fair share that group but but it's interesting i heard thomas soul the other day say how much what is the fair share should you get of somebody else's money right what, what's a fair share that you need of somebody else's money and the the correct answer the, the, the answer i was weird with at least was zero yeah i'm not entitled to any of somebody else's money why, why would i be i don't care what condition i'm in why why would my fair your fair share of me yeah. Well, that's the, you know, that's the the part that is worrisome reminds me of like in Thanksgiving uh they're giving out turkeys in the, in the poor neighborhoods, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the residents of the poor neighborhoods got pissed off because the illegal migrants that got dropped off in their neighborhood some months earlier basically got in line ahead of them to get the yeah. turkeys, you know, yeah, yeah. and they would interview some of these poor people, peoples who lived in this neighborhood and they were pissed and yeah. they, because they were saying, those are our turkeys. Now, yeah. what are we going to do? And I'm like, yeah. there's a part of me that at first blush, I always go, yeah, those are their turkeys. What are they going to? And then there's another part that goes, wait a minute, go get your own fucking turkeys. Everybody, everybody, go, everybody, go find your own turkeys. Don't. Well, that maybe that's how the, maybe that's what come of this, you know? Yes. Maybe, maybe it will. That's that kind of refocus thing I'm looking for, like realignment. Hopefully. All right. Let's see. 
Rancho Mirage, Agua Caliente Casino. I'm doing stand-up there Saturday. Second show added. First show sold out, but you can get some shows, some tickets for the second show. And then I'll be in Solana Beach. I'll be in Naples, West Palm Beach. You need to go to adamcarolla.com and uh, find out all the live shows. What do you got, Drew? Drew.com for the pods you like uh, after dark. And then their streaming show, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, I want to... I want to talk to Adam next show about some uh, things I've observed on that streaming program where I'm talking to people who've been canceled. Three o'clock, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, live. So, till next time, Adam Kroll for Dr. Drew. Say it. Mahalo. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.